listening to Vet Candy. Welcome, welcome to our show, 21 Questions with Dr. Jill, and I'm Dr. Jill Lopez. Although Dr. Serena Nye deeply cares about animals, she almost chose a very different path. She has always walked a fine line between human and animal health for a very long time. Although Dr. Serena has no regrets about her choices, one of the hardest career decisions she ever made was to choose between animal and human health. She believes both have a serious problem with equality and accessibility. At one point during her studies, she actually considered leaving vet med for a path towards human health, but she found it difficult to justify the cost of veterinary studies when there was such a huge gap to fill in the world of human health. Fortunately for animals everywhere, Dr. Serena did decide to stick with her veterinary career. While there are other problems with equity and fairness in human medicine, that problem is also in vet med, and her goal is to help close that gap. I'm so excited to introduce to you our guest today, who is Dr. Serena Nye. Welcome to the show, Dr. Serena. Thank you so much, Dr. Lopez. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. I know you have a lot of exciting things to talk about. You have your new company. So tell me about Chapter 8. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yes, yeah, so Chapter 8 where the Roman numerals eight stand for veterinary inclusion and intersectionality initiative. So is it, isn't eight XII? VIII. VIII. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No wonder I was screwing it up. Okay. And I had five years of Latin. Thank you, Mrs. Switzer. <laughs> you didn't help me in my career. So VII. So veterinary inclusion and intersectionality initiative. Oh, okay. So what does that mean? For people that don't understand. Yes. So nonprofit organization that I founded in 2020 to enhance inclusion and intersectionality within marginalized pet parent and veterinary professional communities via advocacy, art, and accessibility. And most recently, we also added on accountability because that is such a big factor as to why we have pretty limited representation equity and inclusion in our field is lack of accountability. So we're here to bring that uh, to the forefront. And we plan to do so by establishing access to inclusive education as well as care at the intersection of marginalized pet parent and veterinary professional communities. As you will notice, she has a Shiba Inu in the background who is incapable of barking, but does like to squeak. So with accountability, so you're telling me the veterinary medicine is not diverse? I know it comes as a huge surprise, but here we are. We're not very diverse. It's a very white profession. What are we going to do about it? What are you going to have? Who are you holding responsible or accountable for? Who are you going to go and say, what is going on? Honestly, at the end of the day, it's everyone's responsibility, not just the uh, minority, which would be the global majority's responsibility for establishing that representation. Our field, the majority would be white women. And it's, you know, everybody's responsibility to understand where they stand in terms of privilege. I think everybody being accountable for what their privilege has allowed for them to achieve and doing more to make sure that others um, can 
you know, equitable education, equitable opportunities in veterinary care is very important. So community education is a, a big, big part of it. But the other parts of it would be, of course, you know, having the accessible opportunities for care too among large communities. So we are super focused on um, keeping pets with their families. When we look at, you know, the rates of uh, rehoming, oftentimes what's associated with that would be inaccessibility to care and therefore families having to give up their pets. They're dear family members that squeak. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times people people used to say, if you don't have a, if you can't afford a pet, you shouldn't have one. And that drove me crazy. But what is, are pets only for the rich? Yeah, that's that's kind of where we got, we got to that point where over 60% of veterinarians started believing that not everybody deserves a pet. And to say that is so negligent in so many ways. Think about the human animal bond. There's mental and physical as well as emotional benefits for both humans and animals involved. But, you know, we want to make sure that we're prioritizing the animal human bond because at the end of the day, that's why majority of us entered this field in the first place. We also want to prioritize the aspect of public health within the veterinary oath because when we say that only certain populations deserve to have pets, we're promoting population-dependent health rather than truly public health and therefore not really serving to our fullest extent as veterinarians. And that's why we entered this field in the first place. So, so what are we doing? So that's, you know, our goal in terms of kind of a, a multi-tiered approach. You know, we want to make sure that we're educating veterinary students as well as um, veterinary technicians on how to provide veterinary medicine inclusively. And then we also want to make sure that we are offering that care inclusively to marginalized communities because it's disproportionately affecting marginalized communities when we consider the rates of rehoming. For example, if we look at different laws affecting different cities, different states, there are certain places where pit bulls are banned. You know, pit bulls aren't allowed in those certain places. If you look at the rehoming rates, you'll see that marginalized communities are affected more so. They get their pets low for the very same laws um, as compared to what what the majority has, has to face or what privileged communities get to face instead. So um, these are all really, really important factors to consider when it comes to how we can do better. Another example would be gold standard of care of itself is harmful terminology. Uh, when we have, you know, people come in and they all they're trying to do is get care for their ill dog or their old cat. And we explain to them, okay, well, we can do gold standard of care or we can consider euthanasia or something like that. That really creates a lack of inclusion, lack of comfort in ever going back again. These are all things that we want to bring to the core of our initiative. This last June, Maya Sullivan, our vet candy intern, did some research and she was she did a whole magazine. She was the editor of the magazine. She did a whole thing on diversity and she interviewed several very successful black veterinarians. And one thing that she saw and that I see, too, just talking to random people is that most people that became veterinarians had it's like this 
sweet age or something. It's like the age eight years old, seven years old. And this maybe happened to you too. They had experience with an animal and it was a positive experience. But, you know, a lot of times it was something where they had an animal and something happened to it and they had to help it. You see that time and time again. And so if we like we don't let people who don't have a lot of money have pets, they're not going to experience that. And they're probably not even going to even consider being a veterinarian. Having pets at a young age or having, you know, being around animals at a young age and having the opportunity to, you know, have that human animal bond, in some cases, be the healer can really maybe that can help with the diversity issue too, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, seeing people who look like you doing, you know, potentially something that you really want to do makes a huge difference. And having those people kind of come to your communities and offer that sort of education or just just the comfort level of okay for you to come to me. I understand you and I understand your experience. Um, that's huge. I, I know somebody that looked like me in veterinary medicine until I graduated from veterinary school. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen anymore. We don't want that to happen anymore, right? Yeah. And still something that, you know, we, we definitely need to work on, but it's amazing to see the mission occur because there's a lot that is being done to make our field more inclusive, but there's never too much that's being done. There's, never, there's no, no such thing as too much inclusion yeah, there's no such thing as too much in, too much inclusion. And then back to your statement, the profession is dominated by white women now. Women are the dominant gender, white throughout everything. But one thing that drives me crazy about the profession and I talk about all the time, I even do presentations on it with like the VBMA is gender balance. Like the, we might be women might be the minority or the majority in the profession. But look across, and I tell this to the students, look at who's running these companies. They're not women. <laughs> the women are not running the companies. The men are. And, and if you look at their credentials, and I always say, go to LinkedIn, look who's running these big companies. Look at, compare the men's credentials to the women's credentials, and you will see that there is a lot of inequity in the profession too. And then if you look at that even further, look, you know, can you name somebody who's running one of the big top pharmaceutical companies or one of the big corporate companies that's a person of color? No, there's one woman, there's a CEO for Zoetis, which is Kristen Peck, she's a female. There's not anyone else at that high level that is a female in our profession. And the pet business is a $130 billion market. And of that, I think 33 million is the veterinary market. And it is ran by men. And the men that are running it are now the minority because women are taken over. So I just like to put out some facts there. It's, it's definitely good to see that, you know, women are comprising, starting to comprise or, or have uh, comprised already of veterinary medicine. I think that it's great to see more female doctors. You see a lot more female associate veterinarians is what you're seeing. You're seeing that. You got to look closer. That's why I tell people it's like, you got to look closer. Well, thank God for chapter eight, VII, chapter eight. <laughs> for your support. I appreciate that. Oh, 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 this is so good. Before we go to the next question, let's take a break and listen to our sponsors. Yeah. 
we'll be right back with more Vet Candy. As a veterinarian, making time for your mental health may seem impossible right now. That's why we've partnered with Vet Candy to bring awareness to Zant. With Zant, you can choose from 25 focus areas, from burnout to addiction to everyday struggles, for $0 to access and free first sessions. Thinking there's a catch? No catch. Just actually affordable mental health care. Download Zant in the iOS App Store today. Let's go into 21 questions. So these are crazy questions. I don't know if you can handle it. But the first question is, and I love this because, like, if it wasn't on public, like the public podcast, like I would have such good blackmail against people. Um, the first question is, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? I don't really get embarrassed. I should be embarrassed, but I know <laughs> it's one of those situations where, you know, sometimes I do something and like, I should be embarrassed about this, but I but I don't. <laughs> Burn off here that one. Well, the last person I talked to, she said she went to school and she was in vet school. She put a backpack on and she's walking through school and she had a skirt on and her skirt got stuck underneath the backpack. So can you top that? Can you top that? Now that we're talking about clothing situation, I got one for you. When I was intern at a Island Animal Disease Center, it was required for us to change into scrubs um, before we entered the BSL-3 lab, so biosecurity level 3 lab. I'm so fangirling on this. I love Plum Island. I love it. I, my fantasy is to go there. I was hoping that they would ask me, but I think they're moving. Yeah, they, they've been in the process of moving for some time now. But yes, it's a, it's a great place. There's so many bright minds there. But yes, when I was 19, I think it was 19 or 20, so when I was in undergrad, I got the opportunity. I didn't even know how big of a deal it was. And I went and I realized it when I got there. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why everybody had that reaction. Like, <laughs> when I said that I was there. Yes, when I when I went in, I was told, you know, you, you got to change out of your clothes, then go into the other side and put on your scrubs and such. So I said, okay, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that I was supposed to change into my scrubs on the other side. I didn't realize that I wasn't supposed to do that. Uh, I was supposed to change it to my scrubs before I entered the other side. When I had taken off, taken off all my clothes to get to the other side, the person who I had to enter in with, because you're supposed to be escorted if you don't have, you know, all the security clearance and such, uh, which a very long time. I had, I had exited and she said, oh no, <laughs> now you're supposed to have clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, okay, oh, okay. <laughs> you were like nude at the Plum Island. Okay. That trumps um, Dr. Craig Clifford having a zipper down during a lecture for sure. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, I, that was, that was one time where I did feel embarrassed. <laughs> okay. Next question. What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Probably bringing home my dog, uh, Baku. He is the Shiba that isn't squeaking or wasn't squeaking in the background. He is a four-year-old Shiba Inu, and he is one of the best things that has ever happened in my life. So I will never, ever regret it, but definitely happened on a whim. I was doing an externship with the government in Indiana, and I was 
going to different breeding facilities in Indiana and Amish country, actually, and just got the opportunity to bring a Shiva home. I had never had a Shiva before. He just reminded me of a dog that we had growing up. Um, so I ended up after visiting uh, breeding facilities during an externship, bringing home a puppy. And now he's with me. Oh, that's so great. That's a sweet, that's like a very sweet, uh, spontaneous thing. So cool. So next question. Uh, I know this might be something happened recently to you that <laughs> one of this one. The question is, what, sh- what is your biggest regret? My biggest regret would be not committing to myself earlier, not taking myself seriously earlier. I think, and this happens to so many of us where we get afraid or we think that we're not good enough. And so my biggest regret would be, you know, not believing in myself sooner and not committing to my nonprofit sooner. Okay, that that's good. But sometimes like with your nonprofit, I think you have to go through situations, right? You have to live. You'd have to see this. You'd have you have to experience it, I think, for your nonprofit. You'd have to go through it and really experience it and see it before you'd be able to start it. So I think that's important. But you should believe in yourself early. But you know, there there's no way to force yourself to believe in yourself, right? Yeah, everybody goes at their own pace, definitely. And I think that that's something that I've struggled with kind of throughout my life. It's okay to be who you are and to accept that. And everybody has has their own journey as to how that happens. I think sometimes it is nice to think of what, what could have been if I did those same things earlier on. Just because uh, I have very, very big plans and sometimes I wish like, oh, you know, I wish I got started on this earlier. So that would probably be it. I guess not leaving corporate medicine earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it sometimes it takes like I had a different career than most people. I worked in I worked in practice. I went to school thinking I was going to open up my own practices when I got out. But then you have like a really bad experience. And I feel like if you don't have that bad experience, you'd probably stick. You'd probably stay in a job that maybe wasn't the right one for you. And I recently looked up at the place I used to work at and the people that were there when I were that was there a long time ago are still there. And I feel like I'm glad I had a bad experience because it pushed me into going into like the animal health industry more than in practice. I mean, if you talk, if I went back in time and talked to myself, I'd be like, you're crazy. Why should I go through this horrible situation? But I think you have to, right? You have to. And you see that a lot with other people. Like, you know, I interview a lot of people and you do see people that have had strange careers have had that weird, like that bad experience. And once you've had a bad experience, you'll never have another one, right? You will make sure you don't. And I think one of the trends that we're going to see in the veterinary world is that People have been burned and they don't want to work for anyone anymore. And maybe they don't want to start their own nonprofit or anything, but they'll go into relief work um, because they don't want to be owned by someone, you know, and restricted. So I think we'll see that. Speaking of time machines, if you could go into a time machine and go anywhere at any time, where would you go? Would would it be to change something in particular or would it just be to... You obviously have not seen the movie Butterfly Effect with, um, I forget who is Ashton Kutcher. You obviously have not seen that movie because if you did, you would know 
you can't if you change something you know even like if you go back in time and you killed hitler then somebody else would have been in charge and have been worse you know so you can't change anything um if you change something you're gonna you could but i wouldn't i would not advise changing anything but it's better to just go and look like you probably should go and look but it would be like there's some things you would like to do like everybody wants to go kill hitler for sure but you know according to that movie you do one little thing different like if a butterfly wing flaps differently in the past it could really just it can make an apocalypse happen so yeah but that's just because i watch a lot of movies but it's up to you now you can do whatever you want like let's say you can go in the past and you can change something and we know for sure it will not cause anything bad to happen in the future so go for it go for it no restrictions now that you said everything about the butterfly effect i i'm too reluctant to change anything about the past so what i would say is i think i would i would like to go back in time and see like how my grandparents and my great-grandparents grew up oh just because i think like a first generation second generation immigrants it's very to completely understand the experience that our grandparents or great-grandparents had to get to where we are today. So I think knowing more about that, just because there is kind of that cultural gap, would be really, really important for me. And just because I know that Indian culture is just a really beautiful culture, I, I just would love, to, you know, what their life was like. Yeah, that would be nice. And you you definitely got, I thought about that. I've always thought that too. Like if I went back and saw my grandpa and I said, hey, grandpa, check out my iPhone. It's me. I'm from the future. He would probably shoot me, right? <laughs> but um, like you'd have to just go back and sort of like you'd have to, you know, blend into the scenery and just sort of watch because if you, you can't say, hey, it's Serena. I'm your granddaughter from the future. I came back. <laughs> so you'd have to sort of blend in and see what's going on. Because I always think, too, like how if um if our grandparents could see the technology now, our great-grandparents or great-great-grandparents, like what would they do? They would be like, what is that? That looks like de- like <laughs> it's a devil's box. Like an iPhone would be like a devil's box. Talking to people, seeing people on the phone where you're talking, they'd be like, this place is crazy. They think it's crazy. That it is a crazy world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let me stop you here. Let's take a break and go to our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. This is Caitlin Palmer. You probably know me as the desk wench. You know, the sweet TikTok receptionist who has to deal with the evil Karen Stevens. Well, if you like that, you are going to love my new podcast, Desk Wench Confessions. On my show, I have funny guests who tell me about their own Karens. Plus, we have contests, giveaways, and skits. Trust me, you are going to love it. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice on Vet Candy Radio. So both of like your so your grandparents grew up in India and then your parents did your parents grow up here or did they grow up in India and then move here? So my mom was born in India, but she grew up in the UK. Ooh, she have a beautiful English accent. 
She did, yes. Now it's kind of mean, um, British and American. Does she have like a Texas twang now that she's living down south? No, no, she lives in Indiana. I thought they were moving down there. So they are moving to Florida, but they've lived in Indiana for over 30 years. But they want to get out and move south, right? Did you? Yeah, because my dad's family is in Florida. So it just, you know, worked out that way. But my dad, he actually, he was born in, in Zambia. So he grew up there and then spent some time in the UK as well. He went to college in the U.S. and ended up going to pharmacy school at Butler, um, which how all of us ended up in Indiana. Okay. Okay, cool. So I thought it was called Zambia. You called it Zambia? Yeah. Okay. Is it pronounced Zambia? I don't even know. That's how I know it. Yeah, you know, um, the guy who sang for Queen, Freddie Mercury, was born in, he, he, he was in, his family was India, but he was born in Africa in Zimbabwe. Then he moved to UK. Like, he's super famous and nobody realizes that, like, his background, you everyone thought he was like an English guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that is interesting. My mom, she actually, she lived in Uganda for a little bit growing up. They, she was born in India, then Uganda. And I don't know if you've heard of Indian men or not. Yes. I, I know he's a bad, bad person, but I'm not sure what happened. I just know he's very, very bad. Super bad guy. So he did uh, basically kind of like an ethnic cleanse in Uganda where he told everybody who's not ethnically Ugandan has to get out. And my grandparents, my, my mom, my uncles, they're not. So ironically, they ended up to the UK as refugees. I say ironically because of everything that happens in India and the British you know, colonizing India. That is how my mom uh, grew up in the UK. So how did they meet? Did they meet in, did they meet in Indiana? They met in the UK. Actually, their families knew each other for some time. I think they, their families grew up and I think they either grew up in the same place or they had known each other for some time, so they met in the UK. Okay, okay. And then they moved to Indiana. Yes. Yeah, once they got married, they moved to Indiana, yes. What a crazy trip that was, right? And they've been everywhere. And then they're in Indiana for 30 years, <laughs> right? But they, I think they're going to have more fun if they go south. I feel like less tornadoes, right? Less tornadoes, yeah. And more more community, too. I mean, Indiana's not the most diverse place in the world, so... They'll be able to have more of that. And my dad's family's in Florida too, so they'll have familial community too. Okay, cool. Okay, next question: If you had an unlimited budget, you could go anywhere in the world, and your clock starts ticking when you get there, and you have twenty-four hours to have your dream day. Where would you go, and who would you bring with you? Um, well, I definitely bring my partner. We we really enjoy like traveling together. Probably either. Switzerland, like going to the Alps, I would say, or potentially going to Japan. Oh, you know, those are very hot. Those and then Bali are very, like, very popular responses for most veterinarians that I've spoken to. So, yeah, Switzerland's came up a lot. Japan, Dr. Craig Clifford wanted to go to Japan. I forget who else wanted to go to Japan. So it has been popping up. So how did you meet your partner? Can you top your parents' story? No. No. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. 
my uh, partner and I originally, actually, interestingly enough, met through TikTok. <laughs> Basically, how that occurred was, um, I think, you know, in, in their uh, queer Daisy person as well, there was some queer Daisies on TikTok that decided that they wanted to form a community and they started a WhatsApp group. Really funny because WhatsApp is is typically what's used like among the Daisy community. Like if people want to talk uh, to people in India and such too, they, they normally use WhatsApp. But we started a group and uh, created the Daisy TikTok community. And I actually met my partner through that WhatsApp group and we became friends. They were looking for a career change. So I let them know that there was a job opening in Indiana and they moved from Texas to Indiana uh, to come work at, at our clinic and learned how to become a veterinary nurse and such. They had like a certified nurse aid backgrounds but mostly they're interested in art. So they're now a tattoo artist. Oh, okay, cool. Did they live in Indiana? Yeah, so they're from Texas. Uh, they had never been to Indiana at all. I said, you know, you should, we have a job opening here. You should come visit. You should come check out, check out all that Indiana has to offer, which is corn and more corn and see if you like it. So they came to visit. They enjoyed their experience here, so they moved, and after they moved, we realized that we liked each other as more than friends, and we've been together since. That's so cute. That's so cute. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we're doing a special about some couples that are, like, found love in the veterinary world, and you're going to be part of that. That's going to be in the February issue, so if you're listening to this show, you definitely want to check out That Candy February, which is, which is about... Careers and love. So Paul Diaz is the editor and he's doing all the career stuff. So, you know, we're talking about non-competes and then I'm putting together all the love stuff. So you got to check it out on Vet Candy. So next question, what do you wish that you were really good at that you're not good at now? I really wish that I was better with like finances, like accounting and such. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I know how to like save money, but that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you could take some classes, you know, you could get an MBA. I could. Yeah, I, I'm looking into it. I am interested. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is so funny. So let's take a quick break and let's go to a commercial. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso, and I'm here to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy TV. You can learn all about how to take the best care of your pets. Stream at My Pet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. You know, you're the only one that said something like along that lines to learn more. Most people want to either dance or do musical instruments. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So next question is, being a veterinarian... You've probably seen a lot of disgusting things in your life. I mean, I could tell you some horrible things. Everybody, oh my God, the things people have told me. What's the most cringeworthy thing you've ever experienced? We had a little Pomeranian come in that I think it was either Pomeranian or Chihuahua, I can't quite remember. 
but he came in after not really being able to pee um, very easily. I feel like the penis is going to be involved in this story. The penis is always involved in the weird story. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so he was having trouble peeing and he had a history of pumping his collie um, housemate um, while the owners were out or while the, while the pet parents were out. He was a humper. He's one of those humpers. Yeah. Um, and he, he came in, he hadn't, hadn't really been able to pee. And so, uh, treated the penis to on physical exam just to assess. And he had a collie hair tied around his penis, but off the, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Like a stricture. I guess it was, oh my God. You know, thank God you thought of looking there, right? Because some people would be doing your analysis and the ultrasound. So sometimes you got to whip it out and look at it, right? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you got to whip it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet he was so relieved. Did you clipped it off? So we clipped it off, but it had actually cut through the mucosa. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> we did. I, I mean, it was basically like a resection and anastomosis. A penectomy. Was it like a, I remember that term and I was like, such a strange term, penectomy. Yeah, it was, it was strange. Definitely. So we had to sedate him, uh, remove the hair, but there was like missing tissue between the parts that were affected and some dark tissue too. So I had to remove the dead tissue and then close up the space that was cut and did, yeah, basically a resection. You could have used medicinal maggots, which Courtney Campbell loves that. Dr. Courtney Campbell is such a proponent of medicinal maggots. Yes. That would have been definitely the worst cringeworthy story we've ever had if you had used medical maggots. Yes. I didn't. I did not use that. I don't think I could have done that. Honestly, <laughs> not on the penis. <laughs> but yeah, spish it up. He He's done. Uh, he's done well. We had it. Uh, just a, and I encourage the owners, you know, keep the diaper on when you're away. <laughs> Keep the diaper on. <laughs> Could you imagine like they're going out to dinner, we're going out to dinner, and then someone like they're driving like, oh, did you put the diaper on him before he left? <laughs> you have to drive back. He had already done that once before. He didn't get like a haircut or anything, but they know that, that he does that. Yeah, he was a repeat offender. Oh my gosh. Was he neutered? I think so. Oh, so he had like Napoleon's complex. He wanted to be dominant of that collie. Collie won that game. So what about they could have shaved the collie, like the <laughs> the back of the collie could have been bald. Yeah. Or next time get a pit bull. <laughs> yeah. I think they had just had a newborn or something like that. And so they're like, unfortunately, we haven't really been able to pay much attention um, to his diapers because we're focusing on the diapers for the other one. <laughs> for a real child, a, a hairless child, not the real child, the hairless child. Okay, cool. Well, speaking of animals, if you could be any animal, what would you be? <laughs> I really like my dog's life, as I say, as he's climbing the wall. Um, so sometimes I think about that. However, I think that I would like to be a giraffe because I've never really been able, I, I'm not very tall. I'm 5'3". You look so tall. I thought you were like really tall. I have met so many people that I thought have been tall and they haven't been. And then I thought like Alyssa Madges, I thought she looked really tawny. Like she was like five foot tall. She's like five foot nine. Oh my goodness. 
Some people just have tall personalities. Yeah. You got tall you got a tall personality. <laughs> Thank you. It would be really nice to see what giraffes can see, you know, at their height, um, with their long necks. So probably a giraffe, yeah. Okay, that's cool. And I don't think anyone has said giraffe, but most of veterinarians are saying cats. Isn't that strange? Like a lot of them say cats. That is interesting. Yeah, if I were a dog, I would only want to be um, Baku, who is uh, my my older Shiba, because he's very cat-like and he gets his way. And um, every moment that he's affectionate towards me, I, I consider it a privilege. So, so I think he lives a good life that's pretty similar to a cat. Okay, cool, cool. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, because he's not barking, you know, he's a Shiba. So that makes sense. Okay, next question. What is the last show that you binge watched? Right now we're watching Wednesday and we're definitely, if my partner wasn't out of town, we would have already been finished with it. I love that show. Have you seen her? Have you seen the dance yet that she does? No, I'm not there yet. I'm only on episode two or three, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And Jenna Ortega is the star of that. She is amazing. She does a great job. She does a great job. Yeah. She was great on that show, You. Did you watch You? I have not seen I never really got into it. It's good. You got to try it again. The first time I watched it, I thought, this is so stupid. Then I watched it, and I was like, season one is amazing. Season two is good. Season three is not that great, but you know what's great about it? Jenna Ortega is in season three. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it another try now that I know that. Yeah, you got to try it again. Yeah, she's amazing and she, like, I, I was watching the show and I'm like, they keep doing a close-up on her. I didn't get it and then I realized she wasn't blinking because everyone's talking about she's not blinking. Like, Wednesday does not blink. So you keep seeing like this close-up and I'm like, why are they doing all these close-ups? And she's just, you know, I was like, oh, she's not blinking. Yeah. And then I think in like the fifth or sixth episode, she goes to this dance and she does this particular dance that's, um, you'll see it all over social media. Everyone's redoing it. But there's also controversy about it because she had COVID the day she was taping it. So people were going crazy about that. And then if you look at it, like after I found a shade COVID, I had to go back and watch it again. I'm like, oh, God, she does look sick. She's like sweaty. So, yeah. So anyway, that's behind the scenes, behind the scenes of Wednesday, which is Netflix said that more people watch Wednesday than Stranger Things. I did not know that. I, I honestly think that Wednesday is more entertaining than Stranger Things. So I can understand why. Yeah. Yeah. Stranger Things got, I mean, I left in the beginning because it reminds me that's like how my childhood was, like going to the video arcade and stuff. So it brings me back. But but then it got so silly. Like the one now got sort of silly when everyone's growing up and they have like the little, like the child's head, but then they're really tall. It's just weird. But, um, but you know, I don't know. I love the original. I love like the season one, maybe season two. And um, next question if you could hear one song, or one artist for the rest of your life, what would that be? Who would that be? Or what song would it be? I guess it's a weird way of saying what's your favorite song. I don't think I've I've had like a lasting favorite song. Like I definitely get fixated on one song sometimes and I just need to like listen to it over and over again. What's your current fixated song? I really like Kill Bill by SZA. I, I just appreciate her as an artist a lot. Um, She's definitely like top five artists for me i would say i've got the lyrics now and it says i'm still a fan even though i was salty hate to see you with some other broad now you happy 
hate to see you happy if I'm not the one driving. Well, oh my God. And then it says, I might kill my ex. Not the best idea. His new girlfriend's next. How do I get here? I thought I'd kill my ex. I still have him, love him, though. Rather be in jail alone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. It's it's funny when you look at lyrics of things, because I've said, like, there's songs I'm singing, and then I was like, then I start singing it now, like, songs from when I was a kid, and I sing it now. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, I was a child singing these songs, and they're all about sex or something. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, Take Me to Funky Town is, like, all about, like, getting it on, right? And you're like, you're a little kid, like, funky tail? Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. But now it's like it's an adult, like my adult looking at that is weird. Next question. What is on your bucket list? What do you want to do that you really want to accomplish? Like you have to do it. I definitely have to and want to see um, Chapter 8 have uh, the nonprofit incremental and inclusive verdict care happen this year that I've been working towards for some time now and definitely I, I strongly believe that um, it's needed and will make a huge impact um, in marginalized communities um, and veterinary platform communities to enhance access to care. So the first step is to get nonprofit status and then the next step is to actually have this clinic available and ready to go. So you got like you got 360 days to get that done. I think you can do it. So next question, if you could move, and this is something you're thinking about right now, right? You're good to ready. You have nothing tying you down. The whole world is your oyster. So if you could move anywhere in the world, where would you go? And now you can do it, right? Yes, now I can do it. Well, my partner and I are planning on moving to Atlanta, and I'm really, really excited about that. Um, just because there's a lot of opportunity um, for both science and art and a scientist and, and they're an artist. So I think that that's definitely something that would be good for the both of us. I really enjoy London. Uh, I think eventually it would be nice to live there for some time. So you can make the circle. You could complete the circle, you know, go right back. Yeah, I, I would love to do that at, at some point. What about Paris? Would you like to live in Paris? No, I don't think so. No. Do you watch Emily in Paris? I do not. You got to watch that. It's so silly. It's like if you just have like a bad day and you want to just watch something that's brainless or whatever, it's a really funny show to watch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should check it out. Put it on your bucket list of things to watch. What's the biggest lesson you've learned? And I know you've learned a lot of lessons because you talked about that. But what's the biggest lesson you learned? The biggest lesson that I have learned is to trust yourself. Trust yourself when your mind and your body, you know, tells you that you feel a certain way about something or that you think a certain way about something. I think it's fair. Or something's not right. Like something's wrong. Right. Yeah. If something is not right, just trust yourself and go with that. Because I think there's been so many times in my life and, it, you know, it, like we were talking about recently too, there's been times in my life where I've thought, okay, yes, I, I feel like this is wrong. However, you know, I, I, I think that it's important for these other people in my life to keep going with this thing. And I think that it's very important to honor your inner self, like how you're feeling. At the end of the day, it's going to come back to you in some way, shape or form. And you're just delaying 
the inevitable. So it's very important to trust yourself and, and to know yourself in that way. Okay. You know, someone just told me that Dr. Um, Mira, she's, she actually has a practice in Lebanon and she said the same thing. She said her, the last lesson she learned was, is to listen to your gut. Like when you have that funny feeling, don't ignore it because you'll be very sorry. Yes. It's there for a reason. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot more power to, to that than we would think sometimes. And next question, what is the one thing you cannot live without? Baku. <laughs> yeah, the, and he's not the one that um, you've been hearing. He's the mature noble one, yeah. <laughs> but you can put them both together because I don't want the other one to feel like ashamed that you could live <laughs> without him. So you can put, you can bundle them up, your dogs. They are a package deal, yes. They love each other very much. They're attached, Yeah. So why Shiba Inus? Like, why are you such a Shiba Inu fanatic? I love that you have to earn everything with them. You know, you have to, uh, of course, you know, earn their trust, but also their affection and the time that they want to spend with you. So it feels very mutual. It doesn't feel like it just comes with comes with the dog. <laughs> it's the opposite of a golden retriever, right? You, we saw a golden retriever walking through the neighborhood and I was thinking like, I could just put him in my car and he would be fine. He would never even like be sad. You know, he would go with anybody and he wouldn't care. Right. But your dogs like you're, I couldn't, if I open my door, your dogs are not going to come in my car. Well, it depends on if you have cheese or not. I will have cheese, <laughs> but they won't be happy, but they will never be happy because they were, you know, they're your dogs. They got big attitudes. I really appreciate that, too. I, I just think they're entertaining. And like, for example, Baku, he whenever he is just over something or he just wants to leave or something like that, he'll just like he'll sigh so big. Oh, like, oh this podcast is too long. Stop. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So next question is, what is your biggest guilty pleasure? I think recently I've been scrolling through social media way too much. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time just like scrolling through social media. I know a lot of people do that just because it's like they want to distract themselves from what's going on. So I, I think that that's definitely been like my most recent like guilty pleasure. Which one? Like TikTok or Reels or... Sh I love shorts on YouTube. I can watch shorts all day. I, it's definitely on TikTok. I'm almost always doom scrolling through TikTok. Okay, cool. And then last question. If you were a superhero, what would your superhero power be? My superhero power would definitely be talking to animals. Oh, that's a very popular answer. I always fake it. Like, I'll have conversations with our animals and stuff, and I'll have, like, say what they say. And I have, like, these different voices and stuff. But, you know, mainly it's the dog. Like, I always pretend like I'm the dog translator, and I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me. I need food. I need food. I, like, you know, <laughs> I think that's what they're saying. And I think somebody invented that, right? A dog translator? Didn't they? someone invent that? I think it was, like, a Japanese invention. But I mean, that's what they're saying, right? And the cat one would be, it's like, leave me alone. Go away. Leave now. <laughs> leave now. Yes. So that's cool. Yeah, it would be awesome because you could just like, you wouldn't have to do any diagnostics. Well, maybe you still would have to because like, even people, you have to do diagnostics, right? But you could say, this Pomeranian has hair around his penis. <laughs> <laughs> and 
they're like, how do you know? Because he told me it hurts. And this happens all the time. And you guys don't put his diaper on him. <laughs> Could you imagine? I met a psychic once and um, and like she was talking about something like somebody gave her a picture of her, their cat and they say, tell me, what is my cat saying? And she said, mm, I'm tasting tuna. Your cat loves the taste of tuna. <laughs> what she said and then people are like oh my gosh she does she loves tuna it was funny but if you could really legitimately know what they're saying that would be awesome so thank you for playing you did a great job you did amazing score a, a plus even though we're not grading yeah so if someone wants to connect with you i guess they need to put on a funny video on tiktok and then tag you so and can they get like how else can they get in touch with you or how can they learn about chapter eight? Yeah, so we have a website. It's chapter8.org, uh, so chapterbiii.org, and that has a lot more information about what exactly we're doing and how we plan on getting there. And uh, right now, to become you know, more involved, um, we're typically most active on Instagram. Again, it, it's uh, just chapter, and then it's an underscore eight um, on Instagram. If anybody ever wants to email, I have direct access to the chapter eight email. So it's just chapter eight board at gmail.com. Okay. So I'm going there right now. So it's chapter underscore eight. I know I'm following you. Wait, is it chapter underscore VII? Yes. VII. Yep. Yeah. So the Roman numeral VII. And so you have some great information on there. It's beautiful. I love the page. It's really pretty. It's celebrating all kinds of different stuff. Love it, love it, love it. So that candy is following you. I thought we were already, but I guess I don't even know what we're doing. But anyway, we're following you now, probably because I'm following chapter XIII. That's <laughs> probably the reason. Because I did, I mean, although, I mean, I, I did okay in Latin, but trust me, I don't, I don't remember any of it. I don't remember any of it. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. So I hate to do this, but let's take a break and listen to our sponsor. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice, only on Vet Candy Radio. But thank you so much for being on our show, Dr. Serena. And our next guest is going to be Dr. Mira Tabit. And she is from Lebanon. So she's telling us all about how it is to be a Lebanese uh, veterinarian. Isn't that exciting? So you guys got to tune in for that. And, and thanks for being on the show today, Dr. Serena. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio. 